Anyway, this morning, I want to talk about the gospel superpower. The gospel superpower. And uh, you might say, what is the gospel superpower? Well, let me start with this story. Mark chapter 14, verses 3 to 4. Mark 14, verses 3 to 4. While he was in Bethany, talking of Jesus, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying in dignity to one another, why waste this perfume? Jesus goes on to talk about this woman as these people are like, what is this lady doing? She's wasting her money. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's extravagant beyond what is she doing? And Jesus comes to them and he says to her, leave her alone for she has done a beautiful thing to me. A little bit later on, he says this about her. He says, what she has done now today will be told in memory of her as the gospel is preached. So there's this beautiful thing that gets done to Jesus and this memory that gets made that goes along with the gospel wherever it's preached. This extravagance of worship, this extravagance of opening all that we have to give to him and there's this memory that's created. There's this beautiful thing. You can maybe put the two together. There's this beautiful memory that is created in this space. And so often what we do is we think about the lady that did it. But it says there, that they were in Bethany. They were in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper. You see, this, this moment of beautiful memory was made in the home of a man called Simon the leper. So this man Simon was a leper. It seems like he was one of the lepers that Jesus healed. He was an outcast. He was not allowed to be with people. Jesus comes and heals him. And his response to that is to open his home so that people can meet the healer. So that people can have beautiful moments with the king. You see, it's in his home that this ministry moment that gets told all around the world whenever the gospel is preached, it happens in his home. I want to talk this morning about the gospel superpower of hospitality. Hospitality. You know hospitality, it says this in Titus and in Timothy, along with all those other wonderful um, traits that a gospel a church leader is meant to have must be above reproach, a husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled and respectable, and hospitable. So you cannot be a leader in the church, you cannot be a shepherd in the church, unless you've got a hospitality-orientated heart. It says in Titus, it says, he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or, or drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright and holy. There's this beautiful word called hospitality, which is actually Richard, um, uh, uh, Rodney Stark in his book, The Rise of Christianity. He's a sociologist and he, he is a social anthropologist or sociologist. And he tracks, he asks the question, how did Christianity, 
within 300 years of Jesus dying, become the predominant religion in the world. This, this little sect, this kind of insignificant religion suddenly overcomes into all of the world. How did this happen? And one of the three or four things that were key to that happening was that the Christians were known for their hospitality. Hospitality. When the, when the sick were dying, the Christians would welcome them into their home. When everybody else was running away from plagues, the Christians were going in and being hospitable and welcoming people, welcoming strangers into their lives. Our iPad keeps going off here. Hospitality is the Greek word philozenia. Philo meaning love, xenia meaning strangers. So hospitality literally means the love of strangers or the love of foreigners or the love of the other. Hospitality has, a, has an ability to love people that you don't know and make them and treat them like they were friends that you've known for a long time. You see, whatever the gospel is, wherever the gospel, however it's preached and whatever moment it is preached, it is always welcome. The kingdom of God is a welcome message. And the church is meant to be that welcome community that lives in this wonderful space of hospitality. The season that we're going in, friends, into is around the table and hospitality in our hearts. It's this idea of loving strangers, loving the other, loving people, loving people that we don't know, not just loving our friends, not just being available to those that we know, but being available to those that we don't know. Because when we do that, we create beautiful moments that get told around the world in Jesus. And of course, philoxenia is opposite to xenophobia. Xeno, meaning strangers, phobia, fear. So one is the love of strangers, the other is the fear of strangers. The fear of the one that's different to me, the fear of the one that's other than to me, the fear of the one that's foreign to me. As opposed to what Jesus does, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to love the other, I want you to love the stranger, I want you to love the foreigner. I want you to, and, you, and remember, it doesn't say I want you to love Christian foreigners. It doesn't say I want you to love people that don't swear. I don't want you, I want you to love people whose lives are together. No, 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 no. You see, this table of Jesus was profoundly, profoundly different to the world. That's why it's a holy table. It's different, it's other, it's unique. This table, this, this, this heart of hospitality that Jesus brought and showed us was completely different to what the world at the time was trying to show people. You see, up until that moment, hospitality was for the benefit of the host. You practice hospitality to show off. Who was at the table and what was on the table was the thing that you wanted people to see. And so what you did is you had people that were not hospitable, but they loved entertaining. Friends, we, haven't gone, we don't want an entertainment culture. We want a hospitable culture. You see, in, a, in an entertaining culture, we put the right people in the right place with the right food and we say, look how amazing I am. 
And actually, it's not about the people that are around the table. It's more about us and how we look. Whereas what Jesus comes and he says, listen, guys, it's actually not about how, expert, how, how wonderful I am. One of, the, one of the first things he does as a host, you were, you were given special privileges. You're at the center. You could be in touch with the whole crowd. And what Jesus does in that moment at the Last Supper, he steps away from them after having, and, he, and he, he takes his clothes off and he puts an apron on and he begins to wash their feet. And they're like, no, you can't do that. How can you do that? You invited, you're the host. We're meant to be doing that for you. He says, no, no, no. You see, my kind of hospitality, you don't come to serve me. I come to serve you. And he showed them the full extent of his love and he washed their feet. You see, this is the kind of hospitality I'm talking about. It's a hospitality where you're not trying to get something from people, but you're just trying to live for their best, love them. Love of strangers and love of the other. I so remember Heather told the story when she spoke about the table a while ago. And uh, we were invited, as a new couple, we were probably 27 or 28 years old, and we were invited to um, a, a, a lunch or a dinner. And um, this couple, and they were full lanis. They were like, he was like the MD of a big company, and we were like little schlunky, like young, and we were like, hey, oh, nice to see you. And we were quite a, quite a kind of upbeat crowd there, you know, kind of was... And anyway, after, that, after we'd finished the meal, I got up as we normally do, kind of, I've been taught you help clear away and you kind of just help, you know, that's kind of part of... Anyway, so I got up and started to pick up the bowls and whatever, and he said, hey, 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 hey hang, hang on, sit down, please. I said, oh, why? He said, no, 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 you're in my home, I'm here to serve you. It made such a big impact in me. It's quite interesting, I, a couple of weeks ago, we were in the same, in a different house, but of the same couple. And I did exactly the same thing. I went to, to pick up the table and help clear away. And he said, hey, in my house, I do that. You don't do that. And I thought, you know what he's learned? He's understood this. You know, we can, he's understood, actually, I'm like Jesus. I'm here to serve you when you're at my table. I want you to feel special. I want you to feel welcome. I want you to feel like you are unique and important. You don't have to serve. We don't have to do that. You might do that, but I, I, I want to serve you at this time. And you know, friends, we can get offended because people don't clear away the dishes and, oh, why didn't they help? What happens if we actually turned it the other way around and said, you know what? Actually, my job is to be hospitable, is to love you, is to say, actually, why don't you just put your feet up? I want to serve you in this moment. You see, this is the way that Jesus completely changed the idea of hospitality. There's another story that Jesus tells as he, as he completely changes the game on this thing. As I said, you kind of invited people for, for your ambitions. You kind of put the right people in the right place and by, you were kind of elevated by association. If you had that person at your table means that you were as important as they were, even if you weren't. And Jesus says this to his host in one of the meals he had. He says, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite friends, your brothers or relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so, and so you will be repaid. So he's changing the idea of the table here. 
Don't invite the, the fancy people. Don't invite people that can repay you. Don't invite, be careful. Don't, don't, it doesn't mean you can't do that, but don't do that with the heart of using them. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. So when you invite people to your table that you don't know, that are strangers that you get to love on, even though they may never repay you, maybe they'll never say thank you, you will be blessed. And they cannot repay you, although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Amazing thing, eh? You want to lay up treasure in heaven? Be hospitable. It says there, it says they may not be able to repay you, but you will be repaid one day at the resurrection of the righteous. Every bit of food you have served, every bowl that you have washed, every cup that you have washed, every bit of toilet paper you have spent, there's a reward in heaven waiting for you. Not only will you be blessed, he says you'll be blessed, but actually wait because I'm going to reward you on the other side of eternity. You see, for Jesus, hospitality was unconditional. See, it was a moment where Jesus deconstructed all the social boundaries. Man, does South Africa not need the gospel superpower of hospitality? To deconstruct the social boundaries. How much do we need to get people into our homes and around our tables to begin to love on strangers and love on people different to us so that we can deconstruct the social boundaries and pull everybody into the kingdom boundaries which are a delightful place to be? Hospitality is a profound, profound moment. Hospitality to needy strangers gave rise to the development of a number of things. And they're all connected to the Latin of that word. So hospitality gave rise to hospitals. See, hospitality wasn't just giving a meal, it was bringing healing to people. Not only did it give rise to hospitals, but it gave rise to hospices. Hospitality, hospice, same Latin Greek root. Latin root. You see, part of hospitality is enabling people to die well. Hospitality is not just about a just like throwing lavish meals. This is about a heart to love the stranger. It's about to care for the sick. It's about helping the dying. It gave that root gave a rise to the root called hostel, and to hotel. Whether it was fancy accommodation or whether it was unique, luxurious accommodation, the heart of the hospitality industry is the love for the other, the love for the stranger. And that's what the church is meant to be. That's why you cannot be a leader in the church unless you're hospitable. Can you be a hospital? Can I, can I be a hospice? Can I be a hotel? Can I be a hostel? That's the church. It's a profound, profound idea to grapple with and allow God to work in our hearts. Friends, hospitality and the home and the inviting and the love of strangers in the home and beyond the home was not one of Jesus' strategies. It was Jesus' strategy. Jesus is always going to, in, or coming from a meal or from a home. And whether it was Lazarus who invited Jesus to his home and he came into his home and defied all the rules of being with the tax collector, 
or whether it was in a moment where people are pouring perfume on his feet or pouring perfume on their and being eating with tax collectors and sinners Jesus had this ability to transcend the social constructs of the day and get into the lives of people carrying the Spirit of God wherever he went into those places and allowing himself to steward those moments so that the kingdom would come that the gospel would be preached friends this is on us as a church this is on every single church in the city hospitality Jesus himself God incarnate came as a vulnerable guest a vulnerable stranger a needy stranger to this earth he needed hospitality he depended on hospitality and it says his own would not receive him and so he ends up in a stable with a, with cows because that's the best place his mom and dad can find you see father Jesus requires that his followers depend and provide on hospitality so when he sends people out he says don't take anything with you what you need to do is you need to find a, a person of peace somebody that's hospitable that will receive you and if you do stay with them base yourself and begin to minister you see the hospitality was how Jesus intended the gospel to spread and so when we get visiting people or we get visiting churches or we host events we're gonna we're gonna ask people please we need we need 30 people to host we need 30 people to be hosted can you open your home and host them we haven't done that for so long and I cannot wait for the moment to be able to do that because it actually gives us the blessing of having people in our homes and you might think you know what I haven't got a home that can do that it's small all you do is you move out of your room and go and sleep on the couch and you give the people your room we've done that and we've had that done to us it's profound hospitality love there's no excuse for this you see it's not the quality of your bed it's not the quality of your house or the quality of the food on the table it's the quality of the love and relationship found in the environment that makes it hospitable you can be in the fanciest place in the world and not feel invited and not feel loved and it'd be a terrible moment but actually the Jesus love says to us actually we've got to be a people that are hospitable you know friends when the church loses the table when the church loses its hospitality heart this hospitable sense of loving Jesus and loving strangers and and welcoming Jesus welcoming strangers into our midst what we do is we have to set up a welcome team instead of the church being the welcome team you see what we end up doing is we put things in place to circumvent that so we do hospitals hostels uh, hospices and it becomes kind of like a distant um, uh, a kind of uh, impersonal moment that you delegate to somebody else then I don't need to do that because somebody else has got it and especially in a bigger church we think now somebody else has got that but actually the heart of the church when people walk into these doors it's not the hospitality team it's not the welcome team that's meant to embrace them it's the church that's meant to embrace them that's why we come early to church on a Sunday by the way it's because we are hospitable family we're not coming to a church service to be serviced 
We're coming to a church meeting to meet with God and meet with each other and exercise the gifts that we have amongst each other and to be an environment of welcome. Because our welcome to heaven costs Jesus' life. And so we want to be that welcome that will cost us our lives. And we're not even asking for our lives. We're just asking for some of our time and intent. I hope you're getting the heart of this. I hope you're getting the heart of this. I'm praying, Lord God, seep this into the very heart of our being. That we'll be known as that church that's hospitable. When people walk in, they just feel loved. You see, when the church loses the table and the idea of hospitality, what we do is we gather around pulpits. You know, the church has got one pulpit, but it's got hundreds of tables. Guess where most of the ministry is going to happen? I'm not decrying the pulpit. What happens in these conversations is we move from one pendulum to the other. Now we're going to get rid of the pulpit and we're going to get put in tables. And No, 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 I'm not talking about that. There's a place for the preaching of the word, for the celebration and corporate worship. Where we come together, we celebrate and we allow God to do something in us. And we see, He sends us out to be on our tables. It's both and, it's not either or. And when the church loses the table though, what happens is we gather around pulpits and what ends up happening is the church becomes a church service. And we go to the church that's got the best preacher. We're not looking for the church with the best community. You're looking for the church with the best preacher so that he can service me or she can service me. Friends, hospitality is a powerful superpower. It changes the concept of what church looks like. So what happens is now, is church on a Sunday actually becomes a table that we get to eat of, even though we might not have tables. We treat it like a table so we can laugh at Paul Spooner and his announcements. Because that's what you do around a table. And you can have moments of kids dancing and just absolutely, I love watching Little Raya. It's the highlight of my morning. She goes from there and she waddles across there because somebody over there has got a, a, a ribbon. And she kind of just sits there next to her. She wants the ribbon, but she like knows that she mustn't take it. But eventually I see her here with the ribbon. Like she's scaled the ribbon from there. And I see Greg going to her and say, I can see him like, listen, that's not your ribbon. Please go take it back. Oh. It's the table. It's the home. That's what happens in homes. We're not looking for slickness. We're not looking for a well put together. You, I mean, you'd never get a well put together sermon with me. You get what's on my heart for the moment. I'm try, we're, not trying to, we're not trying to build a church service. I'm trying to build a community of people that love God and love each other and desire to impact the nations of the world. And we don't come to be serviced, but we come to serve. Friends, we should not be battling in any area of service in this church to make a Sunday happen. The reason why we do is because we think we're coming to a service rather than coming to serve. That's hospitality. So what happens is we build around a pulpit. And then when you want to grow the church, what you do is you just grow the pulpit. You grow the gift behind the pulpit. And so you have mega churches that have celebrity gifts that, have, that can... That can are orators that are communicators that are powerful people of the word and all those sorts of things and we elevate that at the expense of a community that's sitting lame and restless and entertained 
And so they come to church for Netflix. Yo, that was awesome. Are you going to do anything about it? No, it was just awesome. I'm exaggerating. Obviously. You see, friends, we gather in buildings. If we, if we don't gather around the table, we lose the table, we start gathering about, around buildings. And then what happens is, it's the quality of the sound is more important than the life of the Spirit. So what happens is you have great sound off the stage, but you've got no worship other than the band singing. We are not that church. That's why we're not that church, because that's not the church we're wanting to build. We're wanting to build a church of hospital where we love people. Love strangers. Love community. I want to end off with four quick scriptures. I've got five minutes. Romans chapter 12, verse 12 says this. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. So you see, hospitality is in the same category as be patient in prayer, rejoice in hope, show, seek to show hospitality. So it means, it means pursue hospitality. It's like look for an opportunity to be hospitable. When there's a, when there's a need, when there's a, a something arises, you first in the queue, seek to show it. Yes, me, my home. I haven't got much, but man, we'll love those people. I can give them bread and tea for, for breakfast and I can give them bread and tea for lunch and I can give them bread and tea for supper. But boy, that's going to be the best bread and tea they'll ever have because the presence of God is there. <laughs> Seek to show hospitality. You see, hospitality creates a safe and welcome, welcoming place where strangers become friends. Where you treat the stranger and you show them the same kindness and generosity as you would family and friends. They come and Heather's got this incredible gift to make people feel warm. So it's just part, that's just a gift. Some of you are gifted at hospitality and you've let that thing go down. Some of you need to just step back into it. Some of us need to just step back into it and say, God, I'm not going to. And what COVID has done is it's stopped us from being hospitable. For good reason. But we cannot let COVID lives transcend the rest of our lives. We've got to find a way to be hospitable in the midst of these trying circumstances. And if you're sick, like Derek Watson, you shouldn't be having people in your home. But for those of us that aren't, you know, you know what happened this week? I was so proud of Cornerstone Church. Moy, uh, who is a friend of ours from City Hill. She had a conference here last weekend and one of her friends from America flew out on the Friday and just to come and support her for her conference. I spoke at her conference. And she, on the Friday, had her plane delayed, her connecting flight from Joburg to Durban delayed, and so she had to go and find accommodation somewhere so that she could catch the flight. And she got into the wrong taxi. She was stripped of everything, including her clothes. She was stabbed. It was absolutely traumatic for her. Moi couldn't find her for the whole of the night. She was up praying, saying, God, please protect her. Please protect her. I didn't know. Eventually, she got a call from a hospital in the morning and said that's where uh, this lady Rosalind was. 
You know what's amazing? I said, Moy, we've got friends in Joburg. Marcus from Cornerstone Church, Glenn Van Royen from Cornerstone Church, we're in trouble here. This lady's in trouble. Please, can you help her? Can you please, this is what's happened, da, da, da. Within minutes, these people are mobilized, a group of people that went, found her, housed Moy and, and Rosalind for three days while she got all, she had to find, go back to the American consulate to get all her papers and had to do everything. Passport gone, air tickets gone, everything gone. And they took care of her. A stranger. Seek to show hospitality. Not just to people that are in trouble, but to all people. Romans 12, verse 12. What about this one? Romans 16, verse 22 to 23. Paul at the end of Romans is, is kind of giving some encouragements to the people that he knows personally. He says, Tertius, a Greek Tertius who wrote down this letter greet you in the Lord, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord, we greet you in the Lord, we greet Tertius, who wrote down this letter, we greet you in the Lord. The next verse says, Gaius, also greet Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. It's an amazing thing. So Tertius gets the honor because he wrote this letter. But guess where he wrote it? In Gaius's house. Not all of us have got a house that can house a church. But those that have should be. You see, this is, the, this is the power of the love of God as the gospel compels us, as the love of God compels us. What about 1 Peter 4, verse 7 to 10? The end of all things is near. Be, therefore, be clear-minded, self-controlled, so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, without murmuring. It's not like, oh, church has asked me to do this again. I'm like, They're just using me. I just can't stand it, you know. No, offer hospitality without murmuring, with a happy heart, because you're going to be blessed in this life and the one to come. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. You know, friends, each one should use whatever gift they've received. Administering God's grace. That line comes directly after offer hospitality without grumbling. You see, friends, what we've done in the church is we've elevated the pulpit beyond its measure at the expense of a hospitality-minded people. And we've elevated the mark to the ultimate spiritual reality of our lives. When this text says, offer hospitality and then administrate, uh, uh, serve with the gifts that God has given you, administer the grace of God in your home. Why? That's part of being hospitable. Is you allow the Spirit of God to use you in your gift to help people. And to serve people, administering the grace of God. There's a grace of God that is on your life that people need to connect with. And most of the time in this, well, certainly from that text, it comes from being in our home with a heart of hospitality. But you see, if we only see the priesthood of all believers and the ministering of the gifts coming from a mark. Friends, once again, there's one mark in the church at a time. There are hundreds of homes and tables.
that administer the grace of God. Lastly, Hebrews 13, and this is exciting. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Hebrews. Imagine if Abraham and Sarah weren't hospitable. Three men come to them. Three men come to them. And in their talking, they say to, they say to Sarah, Sarah, you, by the end of the year, you're going to have a baby. She laughs. Ha, 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 you're joking. This old oak, he's going to make a baby. Never. <laughs> Later on, they realize these were not just men. These were angels of the Lord. Changes their whole lives. What about Gideon? There was a man sitting under a tree watching Gideon as he was threshing grace, uh, grain in the wine press, in the, uh, uh, threshing wheat in the wine press. And you know what this, this man says to him? God is with you, mighty warrior. He has this engaged, this moment with this, with this man and suddenly realizes he puts some food on the table. This man touches the food with the end of his rob and rob, and it instantly gets vaporized. And he realizes this is not just a man, this is an angel of God. Imagine if he was not hospitable. And so you can go on right through the scriptures. Samson's mom and dad. Because of a hospital, come and eat. Can we make? Please don't go. Can we eat? You're going to have a child. He's going to be a Nazarite. And this is what you've got to do. And this is what you've got to do. His wife goes and tells Manoah. Manoah goes and says, Lord, please, can you bring those people back again if it's true? They come back again. They receive them. They give them food. And suddenly they realize this is not just people. These are the angels of the Lord. And friends, whether we've got phys actual physical angels around our tables or whether we've got people that have a message for us, hospitality can change your future. A love of strangers, a love of the other, the one that you think, ah, you know what, I'd rather have that guy or that girl. They've got the message of God from you. They've got the word of God for your season that unlocks your future. You see, friends, hospitality is a powerful, powerful superpower. We want to take the identity of stranger and transform them to the identity of son of God and friend of God and friend of mine. I want to encourage us, friends, especially now we're going into Christmas, it's holiday time, it's kind of open our homes. We're going to go into, we might go into lockdown again. Then it's too late. Let's open our homes. Let's be a church that meets in each other's homes, not with a program, friends, but with a heart, with a heart full of love for one another, knowing that I just want to serve you. I want to give you what I've got. If it's an expensive thing of perfume or if it's bread and tea and jam. I tell you what, friends, Paul, and, Paul Spooner and I, last story. Paul Spooner and I went up to Gazankulu the one time. And we were a little bit nervous, like, eh. Because you stay with people in the village and, like, walkie-talkies, like, not my favorite I'm like, oh, Lord, what are we going to get? Like, and, and obviously, we're going, we're prepared. We're going to just eat anything. We, we're ready to go. Food's different. When we, when we entertain, it's different food. It's, it's, it's not wrong food. It's just different food. It's different tastes, different, different things. Like, 
Okay, no, but kingdom, we're going to. Anyway, we go and stay with Mr. Chawuki. What was his first name? David Chawuki. And Paul and I get paired together. Anyway, we walk in. Hey, it's beautiful. Bro, we come into this the run, one rondavel bed, zinc bath at the bottom of the bed. And welcome. So Paul and I are sharing the double bed. We're like, hallelujah. Can do this. Can do this. Not knowing what to expect. Zinc bath. This is for you to wash in. One of us washes. He comes in, empties it, brings it back, fills it with water again. Other one has a bath. Suddenly you realize this is holy ground we're in right now. This is, not, this, is, this is a family giving their best to strangers. And then the greatest joy of our lives, when he comes in with the bread and jam and tea, and not walkie-talkies. <laughs> We're like, yes, Lord, you're looking after us. Thank you. We can eat this all day, you know. I mean, I make light of it. But friends, this was a man and a family that gave of their best for us. It's holy ground. We never despise that. And we can joke now and we kind of tell the stories, but friends, that's a heart of hospitality. It's the superpower of the gospel. It is the reach of, to reach the city. We're going to reach the city around our tables and in our homes, friends, and from our pulpits. But we're going to reach our city with the love of one another, love of strangers. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.